This episode of The Ritwit is brought to you by the tales of Captain Rit, home of the finest and only superhero in Ritopolis. For more details about this quarterly serial drama, tune in to the nearest old-timey radio and take a listen for yourself. As a small sample, the producers have kindly allowed us to play an excerpted segment from their previous broadcast. Your regular Ritwit content will resume after these messages. It is another peaceful day in Ritopolis, the city of writers and creators. Birds are tweeting, children are playing, and drivers are yelling at each other in traffic with such writer-like eloquence. Hey, go faster, you idiot. You're driving slower than a snail riding a glacier while stuck in tar and filmed at 800 frames a second. Move your minivan, you moronic maggot with a mind mutt with manure! Your miserable mammoth gluteus maximus must make your measly mother want to meet her maker! Yes, it was such a nice day in Ritopolis. But what's this? A monster rising from the ground under the street? Oh no, it's the Thesaurus Rex! As the mighty beast rampages in the city, more trouble is afoot in the alleyways. Ah, it's me, the plagiarizer! I'll take that! Oh no, he stole my story idea! Someone stop him! This is my story idea now, and I'll be the one who gets credit for it! <laughs> no, you won't get away with this! And most horrifyingly of all, a sorcerer of excessive wording is casting spells on the poor writers in the suburbs. <laughs> it is I, myself, and me. The purple proser has arrived on the scene, clad in luxurious lavender coated with frills made of ground compressed amethyst. As I hover methodically with arms held out and cape flowing behind, and as I stare determinedly at my victim's humble households with my luminous orbs of sight, I cast my cantation of horrific, terrible, horrendous, excessive wordiness upon my unknowing and innocent targets. <laughs> Must write with too many words. Must write with too many words. <laughs> yes, all hope seems truly lost for the good citizens of Ritopolis. But oh wait, what's that up in the clouds? With a cape at his back and a twinkle in his smile. Look! Look up in the sky! It's a word! It's a saying! No, it's Captain Rit! Captain, Captain Rit! Never fear! Captain Rit is here! I'm a writer like you, and I'm here to right the wrongs in this world! Starting with you, mighty Thesaurus Rex! Activate Editor Eyes! Pew, 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 pew. Arr, cry, Now to deal with the plagiarizer! I see his type all the time! No, the words I stole, the stories I've seized! My hero! Thank you, Captain Rit! Of course! And now... To the purple proser. I will shorten his story real good with my editor eyes! Are oh, the pain I agonizingly feel from all the heroic justice is too much 
good for this bad, vile villain to possibly bear. You saved the day, Captain. All hail Captain Ritz. Captain Ritz. Captain Ritz. Thank you, good citizens. As a fellow writer, I'm happy to lend my assistance. I will stop these petty, fanfic-level villains that threaten this city. Just like reading a good book, they'll keep coming back for more. We're not worried, Captain. You'll stop them. Indeed, I will. Now, good day, citizens. I will see you all in the sequel. Captain Ritz, the superhero that is mightier than the sword. Here is adventures in our quarterly serial. That's once every three months, by the way, in case you weren't sure. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, that that was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, well done, sir. Well, thank you, I try. (laughs) Welcome, fellow nerds, to another episode of The Ritwit. The show where writing comes first. Or maybe dumb jokes come first. So writing comes second. No, wait, lack of research comes second. So writing comes third, or maybe... Whatever! The podcast is about writing and a bunch of other things. Wait, isn't it writing? Damn it. (laughs) 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 It is about writing. And as you guys, listeners can tell, from both the the skit and from the laugh that was just there, we have another guest co-host. Please welcome Miss Lexi Ryan. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. No problem. How are you tonight? I'm great. Excited to be here. Yeah, she's been a big fan of this show. I've shown her quite a bit of it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Crayon de Papier. (laughs) Crayon de Papier, yes, Yes, exactly. Oh, well, we're very glad to have you with us tonight, Lexi. Thank you so much for joining the show. Before we get into our topic for the month... Yeah, well, I was actually going to say, yes. um, I actually remember that I did this for the other guest co-hosts I had. What makes you qualified to be on this podcast? Just out of curiosity. Well, if it's one, n- yes. I'm your friend. That's, and we're pals. That's true. So that's we why. are pals. <laughs> <laughs> but two... But this podcast is about writing, yes. my dear. And it's yes, about it pals. You're my best yeah. pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but that's merely a secondary consideration. I, I was actually, I was actually talking about Lexi. I'm sorry, Matt. Oh. David. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am not surprised. We both have, uh, I mean, you obviously to a different level than me, both have had interest in writing and writing for quite a long while. We met in a mythology course in college and um, ever since then have stayed in touch and I I love um, all things nerdy and and writing and film and and TV and all (laughs) things gloriously nerdy. She um, went to all the Hobbit movie premieres. Uh, with elf ears, an oh, elf yes. costume, and a real bow. Yes, I do have an elvish longbow. <laughs> that sounds like a fun time waiting to happen. Yes, yeah, so, so of course my longbow is what qualifies me. <laughs> your long, ears, your longbow okay. qualifies you to be a ritter. So so I'm curious, do you have like formal archery training, or is it simply a um, It is fully functional. Not that I'm good at it. Uh, could hit the target, probably. If it's a big one, maybe. Um, yeah, it could, like, hit the target. Am I going to get the dead center? Absolutely not. But, you know, am I having fun doing it? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. That's, all, that's hey. the important thing, isn't it? Nothing wrong with that yeah. in life at all, is there? Yeah. All right. So, anyway. Well, the reason we brought Lexi onto the show today is to talk about a topic that is near and dear to, well, frankly, all of our hearts, but in particular to our guest co-host. We hinted at it a little bit earlier. Right. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Before we get to that, let's go through our usual segments, and we'll also ask Lexi for her input, of, of course. course. <laughs> but to do that, 
let's go first with what will we rip off from this we'll, month. What will we rip off from this month? Very good. All right, so um, the order we have here, we've never actually done these segments with three people, but I, um, since you did the last one, I'll go first, then you, and then that way since Lexi sure. can see what, how we do this, she can go last, so she can... Cool. Get get a bit of an example. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so I recently watched with my mother, she really likes this movie, the 2015 Cinderella movie, the one with Lily James that's directed by Kenneth Branagh, 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 Brava, Kenny B. <laughs> I don't, so, uh, yeah, so I watched this with my parents the other night for the first time. Uh, you know, like I said, my mom really liked it, but I thought it was really, that was really good. It's just the standard Cinderella tale. There's, well, there's no dark twist or anything like, like the stepsisters were just misunderstood or something like that. It's just basically the original story, but told really well. Like, there's a lot of good stuff to it. The costumes are amazing. The choreography, the dance is amazing. The cinematography, the color design, it's all so really good. Like, that's really good English. I have so really good. I'm an English major, guys. You have such you have such really good grammar. Maybe we need to talk about that sometime. You, you speak good. I speak real good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious relative relative to another movie that took a spin on a classic Disney tale it's closer to the source than say Sidney White is to the source that wasn't Disney but yes <laughs> no Snow White is Disney no I know but Sidney White wasn't but Sidney White was based off did you, have, yeah. you ever seen Sidney White Lexi? no but I'm familiar with what it is that's yeah. the one with Amanda Bynes yeah yes. no I yep. really liked it when I yep. showed that to him once we really yeah. liked it. I thought it was funny how they did the dwarves they were like the dorks, like sleepy. <laughs> yes, I've seen bits and pieces. Okay, sorry, we're not talking about ripping that off. I just wanted <laughs> anyway. to see on a scale of one to on a scale of one to Sydney, it's closer to one, right? Right. I think they did sleepy really clever, like being that he was an exchange student who just never adjusted to the jet lag. <laughs> like, oh, he's jet lag. How long has he been here? About three years. <laughs> Fair Anyways, so what I'm gonna rip off from Cinderella 2015. Uh, specifically, is the use of colors. Okay, okay. you need to you need to elaborate a little bit. I think. <clears throat> what? So um, obviously, your stories aren't aren't really about similar subject matter. So how would you use color from this lesson you're taking away? Well, like basically, oh, I really like what they did in the colors. So like the um, <clears throat> there's a lot of themes relayed in a visual manner with it. Like Cinderella wears a lot of blue. Like her famous uh, ballroom dress. Her standard peasant gown is also mm-hmm. blue. But because of this, the prince's eyes are exaggeratedly blue. And I think that was on purpose to make it look like he's got eyes on her, sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, that they're close in some way. And also, like, the the evil stepmother wears a lot of darker greens. Like, kind of nasty, sort of snake-like greens. And then the, evil, and then the stepsisters, like, they have all these clashing colors to show how ridiculous they are. and Conflicted a, they are. Yeah, like, flamboyant, sort of. Just all this stuff. Um, but it, it's all about a theme. Like, it, it's the obvious ones, you know, blue and green, but also, like, the clashing colors, it all, like, I don't know, it's just, I, th- I really like it. Like, I really like the use of colors. And also, like, various scenes throughout the movie, they use, like, colors in great ways. Like, the ball is visually spectacular. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's cu- supposed to be a highlight, isn't right, it? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, Not that I've seen this movie, disclaimer. Also, I don't think you've seen it either, have no, you? No, but the Disney ballroom dancing scenes are always classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I have great respect for the film who cast, you know, Rob Stark 
That's uh, true. He is in Game this of movie. Thrones as uh, Mr. Charming. So <laughs> yeah, they call him Kit in this movie. Uh, he has that a... is different. <laughs> <laughs> Astute observation. <laughs> um, it's always weird when you have actors that you get used to seeing in one role, and then they're all of a sudden in something else, and it's like, wow, <laughs> you're not the same character. What in the world? <laughs> yeah, same piercing eyes, but yeah. different man. <laughs> Kate Blanchett is the evil stepmother. And I think that's you know that's pretty good casting. I think very. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. Do, do you have something personal? Against yeah. Kate what's, what's what's going on with Kate Blanchett there? Why are you laughing so hard? I I just don't see her as an evil yeah. stepmother type. Did you, like, did okay, you not see she Thor was. Ragnarok? I did. Why I watched Thor Ragnarok, but that's like the only time I've seen her in a role well, where she's more of the outright villain. Well, she's not really so. a villain in Lord of the Rings, but you do see that dark side she's of her, like, Lady oh, yeah, Galadriel. I'm the dark queen. When she that turns. is true, Lady Galadriel. Well, okay, sorry, you're gonna hate me for this, Lexi, but I only actually saw the first of those movies. <laughs> oh, I read the books. Yeah. My. God. Oh no! Le- yeah, right, le- as I said, as I said, this she's is an audio hate you format. But anyway. you guys, guys got to see Lexi storming out the door right now. <laughs> Slam! <laughs> is she leaving us? She's leaving us forever. Oh no! All right, I'll, 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 I'll. We haven't even let her have a segment yet. Darn it, Lexi, come back! <laughs> oh, oh look, she's back. Good, we did it. Okay, good job. I forgive you. Oh well, thanks. Thank <laughs> Big you. Anyways, I mean, when I'm away, I'm fine. I've seen all. Yeah, of I don't. Movie. I'm not forgiving you. You're great. I'm oh, forgiving. Thank you. I'm forgiven, uh, David. Over you here. didn't need to be. You didn't need to be forgiven, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Okay, so anyway, so I use color a little bit in my writing. Like in Megazoic, acid green equals bad, <laughs> but like all the time, wow. I could definitely learn to be more so subtle original. with it. I think and I know that writing isn't a visual medium, so it can be difficult. But describing colors is really good, even in books. Yeah, so. that is that is something that's really hard to balance. I think because obviously, if it's something you're reading. You see it in your head, but you don't necessarily see the same thing as somebody else. Right. Whereas a visual medium, you can kind of control that message. And so how you use that is really a, really a tough or tall task. What am I mixing my metaphors for? <laughs> it, is a, it is a tall order, a tough task. There we go. Anyway. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's what I've got. What do you got? All right. Uh, well, I... Uh, you might have noticed, listeners, that it's been quite a while since we recorded our last one, so I managed to watch yes. a decent amount of stuff. Um, so I read a book series as a kid that was by an intriguing author that had a really intriguing sense of humor and loved using big words and also like simultaneously describing them, explaining oh, them, like the purple defining browser. them. <laughs> Not the purple browser, but... Um, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it is called the Series of Unfortunate Events, and oh, there yes. is a Netflix exclusive show that uh, came out. Oh, that's what that is. Yep. I was wondering if you would. I did. Yeah, we we that just out. talked about this about half an hour ago. Yeah, we did. <laughs> anyway, I did that on purpose. But anyways, <laughs> the thing that I want to rip off from this, especially as somebody who does tend to write lyrics more than I write, you know, story long story form stuff because it takes a little lot less time. Mm-hmm is that the theme song of every episode is slightly different. Really? Okay, I say every episode, but it's kind of it's like every episode arc. So, in the series there are 13 books and in the Netflix show they use the so far, I haven't seen the entire thing, but they've adapted one book for two episodes. Really? And so that two episode span, there's an insert in the theme song that includes a topical verse. Interesting. So that part's always, you know, consistent to the story, the the particular episode, but it's not the same between episodes. Mm. 
Which is really fascinating to me. I think so. <laughs> I have to I'll keep an eye out for that because I've watched that show. Yeah. Especially because they always have to find ways to... They always, they always have to find ways to rhyme everything, too. And some of them are, you know, genius and some of them are less so. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's one thing. I read this book... Actually, I read it a while ago, but I'm finally using it. Um, there is a series of books by the author Clive Custer. Right, yes, Sahara. Talking about... Dirk Pitt stuff. Well, he, well, that's Dirk Pitt, yes. but this is actually a separate series. Well, he does other things? That's cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the more you know. Anyway. Knowing's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, it's about this uh, ship called The Oregon, and it's, the series is called, I believe, The Oregon Files, and one of the books in that series called Golden Buddha, I was reading through and I was fascinated by the character interactions on the Oregon. Okay. Basically, these characters all have certain specialties. But because they do some kind of, you know, more espionage-type government-assigned missions, they end up doing quite a lot of things where they have to basically cross-pollinate disciplines. And so, mm. like, there was one scene where they asked the guy who's known for this one thing to have, are you trained in this other thing? Can you do that for us? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but, but what would happen if he didn't, you know? Right. Oh, that's and so, yeah, uh, particularly like the roles, how somebody is the guy, but they have a backup plan because they're so few in number. Right. I, I'm i using that to inform. Go ahead. I was going to say, I need to do that, some of that myself. Like in my books, the, the side squad slash beta squad, they all kind of have their own roles and they kind of stick to them. No matter what, if, if yeah, I did think, I think I was going to have one joke. I planned it in like the second book where they end up switching weapons just because they could. And then, well, first what happens is that one of them end up using Zack's bazooka and Zack's like, well, that's my weapon. I'm supposed to use that. And they're like, well, why, why, who said that was the, you're the only one allowed to do it? And so they end up just trading them. But I couldn't fit it in. So. Like, eventually it would just go nuts. Well, and the ironic part is that probably anybody would be better than Zack at firing a bazooka. But... Uh, yeah, probably. But, you know, he's the base player. He must be Anyway, Go on, yes, go on. I'm using it to... I'm using it to inform some of the secondary characters in one of my uh, current main projects called Pulsar. Right. Of course, I've talked about that before. I will give a little bit more of an elevator pitch for Lexi's sake later when we talk about what we've written. Yeah, what but, we need to work with. Okay, um, yes, please. Well, I'm not done yet, so give me a minute. No, I know you're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Actually, more than, more than a minute. But anyway, so, so inform some secondary characters and how they operate in Pulsar. Okay, so other things. You got a lot, man. There. I, yeah, I know. So stop interrupting me, please. <laughs> All right. Zip. So there is. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I swear that's it. <laughs> you say that. So there is, of course, the long-running Super Sentai series became Power Rangers in right. the United States. There's a series before Power Rangers became a thing called Chikyu, which means Earth Sentai Five Man. Five Man is a series about five siblings. They lost their parents in on a on a planet, and a very at a very young age, okay. returned to Earth. And when the time came to defend Earth from the same force that separated them from their parents, they took on the job to protect Earth. Nice. So that's the elevator pitch. But there are two things from this series that I really want to take away. The first is the villain faction has a specific goal that Earth is going to be the thousandth planet 
they've conquered. Whoa. Anniversary plan. Which is... (laughs) (laughs) More or less. But essentially, they have this larger goal in mind, but I think rather than they've already managed to defeat 999, that they should have had people coming in and saying, oh, I've claimed another 14 worlds for your for your empress, oh, kind okay, of a thing. You know, so rather than, like, it all at once, you can kind of see that they're still succeeding elsewhere. Right. They still have more power elsewhere. And so, you know, rather than, oh, well, we're all here already, <laughs> which apparently is not true because in the middle of the season they add this fantastic new villain. I loved that new villain. But, like, he came out of retirement. Why not use him to say, oh, I just conquered up to planet 999, so now we can focus on this being 1,000 kind of a thing. Right. Um, The other thing is, I mentioned they're all siblings. Right. And so this gave me an idea that I want to do some kind of team, presumably because it's me, probably a Power Rangers type team. (laughs) But they come from... A team of individuals that come from different family structures. So, like, some single-parent so household. So, one of them one of them is a single-parent household. One of them is adopted. One of them is an only child. One of them is an older brother, a younger sister. Inform their relationship mm. that way. And so, you get a lot of, how would you understand what I'm feeling moments to mine for personal drama okay. and also kind of show them bonding as they become a family. Of course. Kind of a thing. That sounds deep. Which, which I don't know how far that will go, but I, cause I, ha, yeah, I've only come up out. with. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, you're yeah, exactly right. And, and cool. Cool. Yeah. Like any, re- but that's the thing because not everybody you meet has the exact same family structure. Right. So like Donald, for example, what three sisters, you're the only boy in the family yes. and you happen to be the youngest child. Mm-hmm. But if you look at me, my, I have one older brother, Mm-hmm. And we were the two, only two biological siblings, and then we adopted three. Right. So now I'm the middle child. <laughs> so, you know, it's a completely different lifestyle. Oh, yeah. And somebody who doesn't really live in that scenario can't understand all of the problems that come with oh, it. Oh, of course. I have no there is one. There is one <laughs> good thing about doing the family thing. Sorry to take it back a little further than I wanted to. But <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. Is, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the oldest brother was... Still a child, but he was, of course, the oldest. And so he has the most memories of his mother and father. And he feels that he doesn't want to burden his younger siblings with this because it would be unfair. They would, you know, they would regret him bringing it up because they don't have anything to compare to. And so he kind of suffers that in silence. I get you. It even gets to a point in the show where he's literally keeping a secret from them, and that's literally the place where he goes to unwind and ask them for advice, even though they can't really respond to him, where he does something that he needs to do because nobody can understand how he feels as the oldest. Right. And so that was kind of the moment that I'm like, wow, that's really neat they use that but i hate that they're all siblings well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> i get you it's like the ninja turtles they're all siblings when they all have different wait things. they exactly. are yeah they're all brothers oh. yep okay i mean, i knew that I no more no i'm gonna slam the door and leave how dare you <laughs> <laughs> wait we need our co-host anyway. okay fine You're sorry right. I last one you. i forgive you alexi <laughs> okay good now the trifecta is complete now good. i have to offend matt seifert <laughs> oh jeez. well, well if i leave you're screwed <laughs> i'm in another country anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's true okay so so anyway there is a there's a series called Soul Brain, I won't give the whole title of it. The elevator pitch is, it is part of a series reflecting on police force 
kind of in a tokusatsu model. In someone's and brain? these guys... Like, inside out? No. <laughs> Can, may, I, well, may I ask what that name... means, and for maybe for some of the listeners who don't know what that means, what is a, t- a tokusatsu It's model? like a Power ranger sort of I now understand. Thank you. Yes. Well, that was a fantastic short definition. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Power Rangers S. The, yes. the very short definition is tokusatsu literally means special effects. It's a special type of filming. So, for example... Oh, okay. Well, I had in, a succinct explanation, but you're going to go... For, <laughs> for example, the show Arrow would be considered, in Japan, a tokusatsu show. Really? Okay. Now, it does not limit to superheroes. <laughs> of course. But, uh, and so, in fact, a lot of films that um, are made in the States would be considered tokusatsu because they simply use special filming. Okay. Whether they are actually heroes or not. I tend to watch more of the ones that are, you know, have hero characters well, to follow mm-hmm. and follow for, you know. All right, so tell us about and Soul so this Brain. Group, yes. this group was created within the police force to you know handle harder crimes and usually there's some fire that they have to put on their protective armor for or else you know it wouldn't really be a, in that respect a, a transforming hero show right. however in soul brain they use an old character from the previous show the, the one that actually was published before this in a very surprising way if you're going to do that it only works if you have a legitimate reason for changing that person. Okay. I'm putting air quotes around changing. Mm-hmm. Because to the main characters of Soul Brain, they don't understand why this character is motivated to do the things he does. Right. When it's explained, it makes complete sense. And it isn't. he hasn't changed. But in that moment when the viewer who might be familiar with his character sees that, holy crap, <laughs> it's shocking. Sounds fun. <laughs> It's like, wow, did he just, like, randomly alter his entire personality within <laughs> the time he hasn't been on screen? I mean, sometimes people and so, say, you know. <laughs> well, people do change. You're right. You're right. But it shows that, you know, he didn't change. The circumstance right. was such that they didn't know why, but he had a perfectly legitimate reason for it. And so you've got to have that. Of course. That was a heck of an arc to watch. I can imagine. Sorry, I've taken forever. But... That's what I'm going to rip off from this month. Oh, but the, the and, book well, presumably there. more into the future. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, presumably more into the future. It is. So. So now it's anyways. our guest host's turn. Hello, Lexi. Well, hello. <laughs> um, Welcome back. Well, so I, I, I wrote on the sheet one thing, but I had one other thing. Is that Of okay? course. Absolutely. Okay. What are you going to rip off, Lexi? Well, there is a show that is very near and dear to my heart that was unfortunately canceled in like 2007 or 2008 called Pushing Daisies. I've I heard think of it. it was, yeah, it's wonderful. I think, I think it I've heard of it too. Way before its time. Um, but essentially, in a nutshell, it's just this uh, man who's kind of a loner who was right. born with the gift to bring people back from the dead, <laughs> but only for 60 seconds because otherwise someone else will have to die. It's kind of the whole balance of life and death. So um, he gets into the crime business, and he is working with a detective to solve people's murders by waking them up, asking them who killed them, and putting them back to sleep. (laughs) Um, And the dialogue that is used in the show is just so unlike anything that you see. When you read words on a page, they're definitely sometimes adapted when you, you know, they're turned into a script 
for, for something a little more realistic with how we talk. Right. But that is not how right. this show works. It, it's filled with similes and metaphors and alliteration. Nice. And it's just Clever And it's stuff. just very beautifully written. <laughs> and and, and, and in terms of color, like you were talking about, it's just so... They, they've cranked up the saturation. Oh, yeah, so I think I remember seeing that in the promos. Yeah, yeah, it's visually stunning as well. And there's a love story in it, well, of not course. Nice. Which is great <laughs> for someone like me, Aww. who's a bit of a hopeless romantic. Oh, that's but, sweet. So, <laughs> if, yeah, so I think... If I would rip off writing a show, I'd love to rip off the 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 crafting of the dialogue because it's just so unique. <laughs> uh, and uh, going back to the dialogue, on the other side of it, uh, there was a movie that came out in let's see, 2015 called <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Oh yes, I heard about this. Now one. this movie visually, again, was absolutely stunning, but dialogue wise, is what killed it it was just <laughs> i create oh, life yeah it was and i destroy and it has mila kunis channing tatum and eddie redmayne who at the time was being nominated for an academy or winning an academy award <laughs> so it's a great cast but oh. um i think the plot points in that movie are just really interesting and and i don't want to i don't know if spoiler sean bean killed okay. the dinosaurs I oh heard. yeah sean bean's in it well you know? <laughs> he killed the okay, dinosaurs um well if we're gonna do if we're gonna do spoiler alert then we gotta have a fun like spoiler alert tag for jupiter ascending no one I mean, gives it a was crap. kind of it was kind of a horrible <laughs> film i'll be honest but it, there was parts of it that if it was it if it was done correctly uh, those parts, like, like for instance, I mean, can I go into the spoiler? And if you don't, go like, you ahead. Cut it out. Okay. Sure, but go ahead. Just so this, the bad spoilers guys, for Jupiter Ascending. Guys. <laughs> if you care, you know that super popular film that won seventeen Academy Awards. Um, this this cult classic here. <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, so essentially, these, these uh, bad guys are traveling the universe, and they're they're the oldest. Uh, you know, beings in in this galaxy or the universe, I can't remember. And they stay so young because they bathe themselves in this like gooey liquid, Ew. and then they're like, "This touch our skin, it's so soft." And look, I'm actually fourteen hundred years old. And then you find out halfway through the film, wow, I killed them look that good. Oh yeah, they're going to planets and harvesting the essence of humans, <gasps> and that is what they're bathing themselves in. So it's basically oh, no. they're murdering. Millions of people oh, to stay y- young, and I thought that I mean, although super sinister, is oh, yeah. a really interesting plot. Point. That sounds like a plot straight out of anime. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I thought you know that that really hit the mark, and I'll have to be honest, Channing Tatum's eyeliner was also a, a nice sight to see as although, well as, as a lady. Oh, <laughs> did he have wolf ears? <laughs> he had some canine teeth, some pointed ears, which I'm also partial to. So I was. I was I was into that part of the film as well, but uh, but in terms of the, the the story itself, it was a great story. Just could have been executed a lot better. So that's what I would rip off. So if, uh, so who do you blame for that? Because obviously you said the cast was kind of star studded, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you blame like the writers? Yeah, yeah, and it's Sean Bean, as you said. Yeah. Nice little cameo yeah. from him. Yeah. So. He doesn't die in that one, I heard. He doesn't die in that Usually one. Usually Sean Bean... I know. Who couldn't even kill Sean Bean correctly? Yeah. <laughs> like <Yeah. these> <laughs> he is born to be killed off. <laughs> That's when you know it's a flop if they haven't murdered Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to die. Come on, people. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, that all sounds great, Lex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So shall we move on to the next segment, David? Sure, what we at the rich wit have writ. What we at the rich wit have writ. 
Yes. <laughs> Such a tongue twister. <laughs> we have fun with this. Can I try and say it? Sure, go ahead. What we at the Rit Wit have wit. Yeah, no, I didn't. I almost, I almost <laughs> no, got it. No, he said wit. I said wit. <laughs> All right, try again. What we at the Rit Wit have writ. <laughs> what we at the Rit Wit have writ. Good job. Thank you, thank if you, you slow down, you can make I'll it. I'll be here all week. <laughs> nice. Until actually like oh, an hour. Oh, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, I better leave this room. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, moving on. Donald, what have you written? I mean, obviously, last okay, so I'm still publishing the third Megazord book. Should be in about in October. I'm working more on the fourth one. Don't really want to get into any of it because, you know, spoilers. All those, spoilers! Uh, yep. <laughs> but what I'll say real quick, I do have an idea for my book that I might write after Megazoic, like my next sort of big project sort of thing. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so um, after this little dinosaur laser fairy tale of mine is finally freaking finished. <laughs> so. <laughs> Alliteration. Check. Finally freaking finished. Finally freaking. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, this will be a fantasy series. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to call it Tristellar or something, like Tristellarium. That'd be cool. Uh <laughs> It's, it's a magic area. medieval okay. setting, but it takes place in a star system with three suns, and they're magical. And they emit the magic, that like it's holy magic, and um, humans use it, they like they can attach it to, they can perform spells with it, it has their, there's, like, their mana pool, I guess, attach it to machines, but they also use it for space travel. Even though these are uh, medieval-style kingdoms, they can travel from world to world across this solar system, there's actually plenty of habitable... You know, I was just going to throw something out there, yeah. because, like, I don't know if you consider this idea or not, if, it's a sun, Right. It's three, it's, a yes. coale- it's coalesced magic so powerful that it emits light. Which, what would happen if somebody, you know, used that? What if there was a certain limit to, like, kinds of spells you could cast with that magic? I'm assuming there's not infinite, otherwise everyone would be all-powerful. No, well, <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm not referring to the amount. I'm referring to, like, what if somebody tried, say, something like <clears throat> necromancy? Could they do that with this magic? Probably not, because... Um, this is the this is sun. It's, so it's made more of light, magic. right? Yeah, As opposed that's, to darkness. That's dark magic, you know? Yeah, Alexi. Exactly. <laughs> I know my fantasy and my magic. Thank you. Well, we... My my point was though that like that you should include that. So thanks for stealing my thunder, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> oh look, he's offended. <laughs> <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, you're probably off. Oh, okay. No, I'll definitely. I was thinking about doing that anyways. Uh, <laughs> no credit. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Readers cannot see how far my head slumped in dismay. <laughs> uh, it slumped so bad I can see it all the way. Your hair all the way here from America. <laughs> all right, anyway, so the star system is habitable planets, and humans and other races spread amongst them. Basically, it'll outward, outwardly, it'll be a standard medieval fantasy, but they can also travel through space, either through like ships or interplanetary portals there might even be like dragons that are out in space that can't really be on i'm just trying to imagine like what would happen if the round table was in this world oh my gosh <laughs> would an interstellar gang of awesome. knights of the round table oh, I could, that could be <laughs> i'd be down for that <laughs> okay so i so as for the plot of this no idea i just have the setting <laughs> like Oh, I'm thinking at least of starting out with something smaller than, like, the standard save the world, you know? The bad guy wants to destroy everything. Which would be save the universe if you can traverse space, I'll probably space, build up right? to that, knowing me. But <laughs> starting off the Well, something. I mean, if they could traverse space, then theoretically it wouldn't just be your world. Okay, well, save the... Save the sun! Save the tristellar <laughs> system, I don't know. Alright, but so I'll purposely avoid that at first, and I'll probably just get to it later. So yeah, that's basically what I will plan on writing. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So what are, what are you? Hey, go for it. For once, it actually feels like I've done quite a lot. Nice. Uh, my usual, my usual platter of works. I've done some work on my alter ego character. Yes. Of course, mentioned him a lot. Starburst is a work I'm <laughs> co-authoring. Is a work I'm co-authoring with a former roommate of mine. Right. Uh, I finished my part and handed it over. No, I haven't. I haven't finished my part yet. Oh no! Get on that. I got it. I got it back, and I'm working on the next episode. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, Pulsar is one of mine. Uh, it was it conspi- it was conceived as an idea to basically show the difference between how governments would handle some kind of alien technology coming in and how people decide to you know take it up and become heroes right. kind of a thing. Ooh, neat. But <laughs> oh, watch his surprise. Well, yes. thank you for the <laughs> credit. <laughs> but I don't know how how good those themes have been executed just yet. Wolf. And most of my work was, you know, doing more fleshing out of the characters. Obviously, earlier I talked about the Oregon right. and how somebody is, you know, specialized in this, but they might also be cross-trained in something else. Okay. So, you know, preparing those mo- moves. Another big surprise, another Power Rangers series <gasps> called Spectra Sword. <laughs> so I take it a fan, David, I take it, I take it David's a fan of Power Rangers. Nah, he, he, he can't say <laughs> You have, you say you're a fan of this podcast and you're just now realizing this. Well, again, I just skips around to the parts. <laughs> I'm, I just, I don't, I don't show you, I just show me. I make myself look good. I have never you... seen a Power Rangers film or show in my life. And now, now he's going to no, leave. Now he's a fan of third time's a charm. <laughs> But sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, so you guys are even. Yeah, we're even. David! I guess I'll oh, forgive you. <laughs> he left. David! No! <laughs> Alright, sorry, go on. Go on, If David. I leave, you guys would be in trouble, because I couldn't come back so easily. Anyway, <laughs> no, um, so the elevator, the elevator pitch for this story, actually it was an idea I originally had a long, long time ago, right. but I basically put in some of my classmates mm. as the characters. And so, um, rather than be so blatant with it, I tried changing the characters around and changing the names, which is where Spectra came from, as opposed to originally it was just called Power Sword. Oh, I remember Power Sword! <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I found that, and I actually have typed out a couple of episodes for it, nice. which is really surprising for me, because, you know, progress is fleeting but anyway um but in those particularly i'm incorporating a new thing with particular like speech styles so if somebody's feeling this way they'll start having these vocal habits or certain catchphrases okay um also working on our mystifying and mythical collaboration oh yes the one because you know we we never we've never told you anything about it so at this point it's purely myth right (laughs) (laughs) what is this thing i don't know where could it be i've heard stories of it so preparing preparing for more on for more on that um just trying to think a little bit about the character and stuff also uh, kind of inspired by our poetry episode, also kind of inspired by <clears throat> spiders. Ugh. I saw this particularly intriguing web. <laughs> I I wrote two poems. The longer one I won't have time to read. The shorter one I'll save. It's it's literally really short. I'll save it for the end. Okay. I'm pretty proud oh, of it. Sorry, I need more coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> pretty stuff is fascinating. Are we boring you? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm too. I don't know. <laughs> Go on. I pretty consistently come up with scenarios that I'd like to use, and one that 
came to mind most recently. Someone is called away for a long time. Presumably, it's kind of an older sibling, and parents are gone or whatever. And this sibling suddenly returns and asks the little one to just like change everything at the drop of a hat, which goes less than planned until the reason is revealed why. Right. Okay. Because like, if you suddenly come back after years of being gone and say, "All right, we're leaving. Come with me. I need to. Ha- I need to take you too," you'd be pretty pretty like okay what in the world is going on here why yeah <laughs> i don't want to go i like my life now you left me kind of a thing <laughs> yeah uh. so that's kind of a thing but anyway uh sorry so the haiku form of this poem yes shapes to captivate gossamer yet looking strong cathedral of webs there we go. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to put that on a pillow, put it Thank on my you. couch. <laughs> that's, that's the benefit of smaller po- of smaller stores. You can't do that with mine. Po- yeah, you could crochet that on, on a nice throw pillow. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, I, I was admittedly less listening and more just counting to make sure this, the syllables were right. The syllables were right. <laughs> You're just making sure. I checked right. the syllables. God dang you. It's a haiku. I know. Five, seven, five. I'm like, is that five? Yeah, is that seven? Five. Is that five? There's something about haiku. Thanks for paying it. attention. No, actually, um, you should have seen. Did you, uh, Lexi? Did you hear the episode where we converted to knitting? There was a there was uh, a there was a joke, an April Fool's Day joke. We called it the Knitwit for a bit. I feel like I did hear something about this. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be perfect for pro- that would be perfect. What we the Knitwit have knit in the future will be that. <laughs> I knit a haiku. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm done. Lexi, what have you writ? So what I writ is what I want to say, what I want to, but haven't yet writ. Oh, yeah, of course. It's mostly up in my brain. Um, I've recently been really into Dungeons and Dragons uh, over the past year, especially with Stranger Things becoming more popular, getting really into it, and really seeing the appeal in writing something where you're not only creating a world where you're reading a story and getting immersed in that way, but actually choosing the destiny, or the, the, not the destination, the, the the fate, I mean, to, some of it's chance, but you're, you're actually playing this and, and experiencing it, and you don't know what happens next, and you can't flip forward to the end, um, and I think, uh, I don't know if I want to write it, or I don't know if, I think, um, well, I was said Matt. You Donald. can say my name, it's fine. <laughs> Matt, just as long as you the to... bad word. It might refer to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, either of you, I haven't re- uh, read as much as you're writing, but uh, to just be able to be in a world that your friend or yourself creates and and it's so expansive and there's so many characters and so many different paths. Like maybe you'll die. Maybe you'll live. Maybe you'll get magic. Maybe you'll get sick. Who knows? Um, (laughs) I think it'd be really funny. It sounds like you need to have a good run as a DM. (laughs) Yes, I do. I absolutely need need to get into Dungeons and Dragons. I just, I I'm the learning curve of it. Always gets me. Yep. At first, it's intimidating. I need to just power. That through. hasn't it stopped so you from playing Overwatch or Heroes of the Storm. Or yeah, I know I play all these anything, silly video so. games. But I, yeah, I just think you're so, you're so good in in world creation. Well, uh, and you and, said, didn't you say I had a fun brain? Yes, yes, you do have a fun brain. I <laughs> well, believe like, so. My grandmother always I said, didn't realize you dissected him, Lexi. I did, <laughs> I did. I've known him for years at this point, so I will say... Eight that, years, I will right? tell you what, Yes, oh, yeah. Right. I will tell you what my grandmother tells me, but people who can write have a crack in their brain, in a good way. <laughs> I have a crack in my brain in the good way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so do you. Hooray <laughs> for brain cracking. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'd love to... 
get into Dungeons and Dragons, play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it just sounds like the best time. It sounds a lot of fun. I know that people. There's like a. It is a lot of time though. That it is, is something. Yeah, but like the people get into it, they like it's like really. There's such a big cult following. It's a it's a mass hysteria, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Dave? And, and it's improv writing as well because it's it's a bit. Aww. You know, well, well, because you the have the problem a, is that Lexi doesn't know what you're trying to do, Donald. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I always like to make a joke that I segue perfectly. Oh, I'm sorry. Into, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I didn't. I ruined it. Try it again. I'll respond. To no, I'm going to leave all this in. It's no, it's ruined. You can't do it My again. My brain was going a million miles a minute stuck on Dungeons What were we going to say? Oh. Sorry. We should, Who even knows? We should check. Lexi, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh. Well, thank you. Oh, I guess I was just... Uh, I lost it. Just cut that part out. I lost it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to leave all this in. It's hilarious. Every single bit. All, all right. right. But here's our main topic for the month. Mass hysteria. Triggering mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, listeners, if you were listening <clears throat> to this with headphones. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my God. That was hard in my throat. Hold on. I can't take a swig of water. Have some water break? Yep, water break. Water break's mm. important. <laughs> Hydrate those drink vocal that, cords. I drank that super loud so they could hear that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so triggering mass hysteria. That is that is yeah, our so topic. Is, yeah, we brought Lexi along with this because she is, like I said, you know, she went to all the Hobbit movies with... Um, you know, elf ears and a elf self-professed bow, right? nerd fits right in. I'm with a this bit topic. of a nerd in a great way. Yeah, in a, I mean, I mean, that, that's the best way to be a nerd. Yeah, I mean, and, I personally take it as a compliment. Oh but yeah, yeah, well, it isn't. Well, so like, well, what is it about pe- what these franchises that that makes people like Lexi or anyone get so into them, like so passionately love them, cosplays the characters, get lost in the setting. Like, sometimes yep. people talk in Elvish to each other. I didn't suppose that was possible. Those are my but... kind of people, can I just say. Can you speak Elvish? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds so disappointed. I can speak Welsh. <laughs> you speak sounds... Welsh? I can speak... Good enough. I can speak a couple lines, a couple lines, mind you, of Welsh, which sounds a little Elvish, so maybe. <laughs> sure. What, what is it? Sure, close enough for our, our consideration. But anyway, <clears throat> speaking of that, though... Um, why don't we just kind of figure out what kind of properties we're looking at? Oh, yeah. Well, like, what kind of things we talk about when we say, like, truly mass hysteria? Well, obviously Star Wars is probably the, the one that probably, I think in the modern era started this whole mass fan hysteria of, like, merchandise and fandom and stuff. Oh, maybe Star Trek. I don't know. But Star Wars, I think, is... I'm a I'm a Trekkie over a Star Wars fan, but I've, I appreciate them both. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm kind of I feel like a bad nerd that I'm actually neither. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm all about the fantasy more than the sci-fi. Yeah, but, I get that. Uh, it's all part sure. of the same and, thing where people just go crazy mm-hmm. for for the world itself. Yeah, and then of course. Well, and I yeah. think that well we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this later, I'm sure. But I just think that idea of space being something that we don't understand is so fascinating to see what other people think about it, and mm-hmm. that's the it appeal is the in final Star frontier, Wars isn't or it? Star Trek. <laughs> the final frontier. <laughs> These are the adventures of the Starship Enterprise. Love it. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. So then we got Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Woo-hoo! The three trifecta, <laughs> the big, the three big fantasy ones right now. I'd say I really like Warcraft. I... That's the next one I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, comics have been going on for a long time, and they're inspiring enough that p- people continually line up to draw, write these characters. Marvel so I got to throw yeah. the b- largest companies out, Marvel and DC, particularly with their. 
uh, expansion into other forms of media right. as well. well like, Obviously, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we referenced literally every episode. Oh, it's so like. good. Lexi and I just finished watching Infinity War tonight. Yeah, that's <laughs> jam-packed with just nut. Like, it's just nuts. Like, well, in a great way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, in a sure. great way. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, what about Star... Uh, just a couple yeah, of... Yeah, far where you are, David. <laughs> well, sure. Um, you know, there are, <laughs> there, there are probably hundreds of anime programs that come out every year. Uh, there are quite a few that achieve mass popularity in other places, and I think that that would make them viable for inclusion on this list, particularly the ones that come to my mind. Dragon Ball. Right. One Piece. Right. Mm, Naruto. Yeah, yeah. Bleach. You know, these are shows that literally you could say the name or the version of the name in any country, and somebody would probably understand. Attack on Titan is kind of big At least somebody would know what you're talking about. Attack of Titan is still a little too recent for this, but it might get there. Okay. Um, Also, you know, if we're talking about franchises, we can't forget to uh, Disney. Right. I mean, every year, what are people, what are young girls trying to dress up as? Disney princesses. Well, and also they own the Star Wars and Marvel and stuff now. Like that. Yes. <laughs> well, and I mean, obviously they're they're a big factor in the, those media as well because they purchased it. But even like Cinderella, the princess stories, well, yeah. are such a big deal. Still, mm-hmm. they cosplay as these characters because they want to be. They find the you know, I want my wedding to be this way. Oh, you of know. course, and all the BuzzFeed articles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Disney princess are you? I think <laughs> I took one. I, I took one once. I was Jasmine. <laughs> you're Jasmine. Yeah, apparently. Oh, you don't, you're not tan enough. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, the, that's the only problem. Yeah. <laughs> Mark that he's a true nerd. He doesn't have a tan. Anyway, that's the one. Let me, let me go. The... Let me go vent about this to my pet tiger. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other the other one that a franchise. I'm including this as a as a whole franchise. Obviously, there are individuals within this, but I think. Uh, Pokemon is huge, Absolutely. but you don't really see po- but you don't see all. people dressing up as Pokemon because obviously they're small creatures. But maybe I mean, just Nintendo in general. People, I mean, you look at Mario. All the time. You look it's at Zelda. Huge. Like my sister, she had her uh, bachelorette party a couple years ago, and her, you know how mm. some women do the bachelorette shirts, make a shirt, you know, right. cute thing, and all of us just said. Uh, Got to catch them all, and it was a hashtag, you know, her her weddings hashtag, and then but hers said. Her husband's name and I choose you and it was had Pikachu on it and it was just like that's people were brilliant stoked about that it. That is like, a really good that is a really good tie in there. That's awesome. <laughs> nice, yeah. I like anyway, that. so you know Pokemon. Um, sorry, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one more and you can see this coming from a mile away if you know me at all. Uh, I'm gonna go with Power Rangers. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were gonna <laughs> what? Say, I thought you were gonna say SpongeBob. No. <laughs> Well, because think about it, Power Rangers has an annual convention for nerds to gather and cosplay every year. Wait, isn't that called Comic Con? <laughs> no, Comic Con is. Well, I mean, Comic Con is not just it's Power Rangers. Oh, I see. You're saying there's, there's a specific convention, like Power Con or, like, or something, like Wizard Yes, Con there's Power Morphicon. There's Power Morphicon, and so people literally bring <laughs> their toy equipment oh. and what a bunch of suits dorks and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit of a bully. I, I, I get oddly aggressive on this show. <laughs> Your nerd dumb is awful too. Thanks. Anyway, uh, you know there are probably there are probably quite a few things that we're missing, but I don't want to get too yeah. and- nitpicky of what's like huge because obviously some things are really passionate fan bases, but they're not huge. I right? gotta throw out one more just because I'm a big fan, sure. and we talked about before the podcast started. 
<laughs> Doctor Who. Yep. Huge following, longest right. running science fiction show mm. in history. I like to piss Whovians off by saying, I love Doctor Who. Which one's your favorite Doctor Who? I, I think this is my oh, favorite Doctor no. Who. Oh, no. You hate that. <laughs> Which like one's your favorite? Okay, okay. <laughs> Donald, if you, are, if you are going to say that, then you need to say it correctly. It's not who is your favorite Doctor Who. It's who is your favorite Doctor. Oh, yeah. The exactly. joke just went right over exactly. your head. I was doing that on purpose. <laughs> 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 it's like when I piss off Zelda, Legend of Zelda fans. Like, look at Zelda go in his green tunic. I love Oh my Zelda. gosh. He's another green one. <laughs> Zelda... Look at look at Zelda, Zelda go. Look at Lingus. She transforms into Sheik. <laughs> anyway. What? Sorry. No, um I no, I was gonna say what was the meme that like how to offend five fan bases at once? Oh those are those are dumb. Huh? Use to... use the use the force, Harry, said by uh Dead. picture of Gandalf said by like <laughs> Captain then, Picard or something. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's totally fine. That's great. Okay, so yeah, we've oh got examples of all these big franchises. So let's. What do you think makes? Let's these define mass here? hysteria. Yeah. Like, how, how do you think these define? What defines these as the ones that people go massively hysterical over? <laughs> massively, I'm such a real English major guy. Mm-hmm. Massively hysterical. Massively. Over. Anyway. Thank you, music major. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, um, so like, yeah. you know, it, does it have what kind of effect does it have on the public that make it obvious it has reached this ultimate level of you know crazy fandom well, so, popularity? So I think that like if at nerd conventions like Comic Con and such, people dress up like these characters. I mean, obviously everyone like people can dress up obscure stuff, but then the average schmuck who's like what sees <laughs> this can know who they're supposed to be. Somebody who's not attending the con can see the costume and like, oh, yeah, and oh, be wow, like, oh, that's, that's that character. that person yeah, from exactly. that show. Exactly. All right. and it, I'm it, a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Mr. Schmuck. Exactly. Mr. We're, we're all going to claim ourselves as schmucks. Anyway. I mean, I'm a definitely a schmuck, but not because of that. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, if it's difficult to escape its influence, like through merchandise, another quoting its lines. Like, see, I'm not really, sure. like I said, I'm not really into either Star Wars or Star Trek that much. But when The Force Awakens come out, I could not escape Star Wars, and by God, I tried. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just... Fair enough. So, yeah. And then also, I think if your grandmother has heard of it. Yeah. Well, well that depends on the property, because yeah. some things have been around long enough that they would have known it, too. Because Lord of the Rings right. was written so long ago. Well, it's like, oh, back in my day, back in I, was... my day I read Lord of the Rings, too. <laughs> and I listened to the Lone Ranger on, not, on the oh, Radio Matron. <laughs> Radio Matron. Who knows? The Shadow Knows. For more on that, listen to our tri-monthly serial about Captain Ray. Anyway. Oh, yes, I've heard good things about that <laughs> <She> show. She plugged! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, since you stole my thunder about lines, Donald, right. I'm going to go looking at plot points. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you can't trip over basically any online news source reporting on this phenomenon without like passionate comments both ways, how, oh, this is stupid, or, oh, this is like the best thing to ever happen, you know, the property is, hasn't made at that point. Right. Obviously, this category is quite subjective. I mean, hysteria in general, because you can be really passionate, but the fan base might not be huge, and so it's not really mass, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So how about when subjective greatness turns into generally accepted worth. Right. So, as an example, you know, before this major story came out, anything close to the, you know, end result was probably not, like, 
that successful. But after J.K. Rowling published Harry Potter, right. it inspired people who didn't really care much about magic or writing to write about magic. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, um, this, one's a little, this one's a little closer to my heart, too, uh, although it's obviously somewhat niche you can tell you've arrived when you have writers of all stripes trying for more to make more with the characters of the original. Obviously, you've got the blatant self-insert right. stories. You've got the shippers. You've got the near-publishable level work. And the highly like professional type, all of those included. Right. If you only have a couple hobbyists and people who can barely string two sentences <laughs> together without some punctuation error, it's not this big yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do think it's funny, like, when you look over my works, this isn't, my book isn't nearly this yet, or at all, maybe, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you, uh, you ship some of my characters so much. Like <laughs> I do. I do. It's easy to do. You get attached. You're I know. Like, I well, that would be a neat pairing. Let's just, see it happen. Like, you're really a Quentin <laughs> shipper, I think. Quinn and Cortan. Quentin. <laughs> and the, and you have the talent to make it happen. You know, the, the main writer didn't have the... The main... The main writer did not ha- have the intention, but you want to see it happen, and you actually, like, put in the legwork to try making it happen that's you've probably made it pretty good uh also how about some awesome gear that could you know be made into collector's item <laughs> toys that all ages desire i would love a megazoic lunchbox can i have <laughs> well you can make your I own don't even eat lunch in a lunchbox but i want one the, the old school tin ones yeah, yeah anyway absolutely. this this one we talked we talked a bit about anime properties that are huge so if it transcends borders and it becomes widely known internationally and like is translated into all these languages, you're probably good. Right. What do you think, Luxie? <laughs> well, my first thought was, if it's been on The Simpsons, or referenced in The <laughs> Simpsons at all, it, then uh, it's probably made it pretty well, I would say, at that point. I think point. that's true. Yeah, or my other saying yeah, well, is, if I happen to have a cookbook at home that's themed about it, I don't know why, but in this conversation what? I've realized I've got a oh Harry Potter God. cookbook, a Star Trek cookbook, oh a Doctor Who cookbook. What's in the Star Trek cookbook? You know, that one I haven't touched as much. Enterprise, it's, it's more, Enterprise it's Gumbo. More, <laughs> it's more themed, like... Borg pancakes. Like, there's, like, cookies. It's like the shapes of the of the monsters yeah. instead of, like... The, the green got... The, the diagonally smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. I'll take... Like, <laughs> Obviously, butterbeer is yeah. a pretty good thing. Exactly. Butterbeer's yeah. got to be there. So those are my, oh my, my, my... That's my tier. Once you make it on my cookbook counter, then you've absolutely made it. All right. <laughs> like, All right. You've arrived. Some chocolates? You've that, arrived. Like, She's trying to cook for you. Talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, chocolate frog. <laughs> or I suppose if you've got a theme park after you then but that's... like look at Rowling's story though because she had all of these things that were actually created right they tried making chocolate frogs and every flavor well, actually, beans and so what was I going to say beer, real quick you know? um, what I was going to say was that um, Lexi said that like if there was a theme park um, like, yeah I, I heard even that even if there was a crappy Megazoic ride, like at some <laughs> stupid carnival. It was just a spinning ride. I was going to say, one one ride! That just happened to have <laughs> that branding. Like, a Megazoic logo slapped on it. I would cry with joy. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd, like, I'd, ride, I'd ride this all the time. Even if it's just a spinning <laughs> little thing. If it makes me barf my guts out. Or even if it's like the lamest <laughs> thing ever. It's just like a teacup ride. And I'm just like, <laughs> Well, I don't know if teacup would make you barf your guts out. But anyway, all right. so... Um, what makes these stories special? Obviously, you've got thousands of stories within these genres. Oh, yeah. Sci-fi, fantasy, other works. They don't even get close to the level of success as ones we previously mentioned. Of and course. probably some we've omitted. Well, there's plenty but of what is it about these few that simply clicks with people? 
Well, for me, it's a combination of many things. Like, but the biggest factors, uh, for in my opinion, are like enjoyable and relatable characters that people can you know latch onto, and an yep. intriguing yet functional world. But by, by functional, I mean one with like clear rules that makes it not too confusing. Or maybe if, if the rules aren't there, that it's it, you. It makes you wonder rather than like like ooh, how did this work? How did this work? But not in like a like this doesn't make any sense kind of confusing sort of way. Like it's just something that makes them get lost in it. It makes it feel real. Plus, it's also about luck and perseverance from the creators. Like, no matter how good your work might be, it doesn't mean squat if no one knows it exists. So, Take a breath. You can slow down. It's fine. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just, here's, here's your reminder. All right. Uh, obviously, you know, this is a really big category. You've got some umbrella-type things at work. You obviously need to have the audience relating to the plethora of believable characters. Right. Such that they want to dress the part. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you have to have a world that's compelling enough. People will keep delving in no matter how many times they've experienced it already. Right. Notably, they might still find something <clears throat> new every single time they read it that they neglected before. Yeah. That, that Where their mean. imaginations lead them to continue getting invested. Donald already talked about that. So I'm going to talk about costuming. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> These stories present some incredible looks. Right. Obviously the attire that, People then decide, oh, I want to imitate this character, talk like them, act like they do, dress in their clothing, mm-hmm. live as much as possible like they do. You know, that sounds as a random as a random offshoot, the recent NCAA men's basketball final four oh, yeah. featured Huge one school. Right there. Sports, that sports fans, <laughs> sports like, fans of the show. Like Which one is it? <laughs> they had scarves that were gold and scarlet. And immediately, just about any writer discovering this school for the first time labeled them as Gryffindor scarves, <laughs> which is completely appropriate. Naturally. <laughs> yes, of course. If you get any more specific in this arena of what makes them special, we start getting a little too narrow, I think, and start leaving out genres with major successful successes. Right. So, you know, you rabid fans of our show, don't yell <laughs> so at us many of for, them. Sk- for skipping something. I have, to, I have to throw out so many letters for my own safety. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I don't know anyway, what that means. I that, that's, <laughs> what I've, that's what I'm thinking makes them special, aside from what Donald already said. Well, but how about you, Lexi? What, what makes them special well, I, in your mind? I think what you guys both said just about re- relating is a huge you know, thing that, that is really important when you're looking for a story that's really you're going to connect with is relating to the character. But for me, at the same time, is having a world so different and yet you still can relate. Yeah. Um, so you have that escapism at the same time you can feel like it's relating to your own world and your own story where at the same time it's helping, you know, some, some writing, you know, probably Mm -hmm. gives many people goosebumps just because of how far out in your mind you get with it. (laughs) Um, and to be able to have that, I think is, is what drives people. And I think that like what I was thinking of is, do you ever hear about people getting their fortune told or like when you open a fortune cookie and it's some really broad wise (laughs) statement and you think oh it, those blanket statements yes, that could apply to anyone <laughs> that, that you find in yourself you're like oh this this is talking about this thing that happened to me yesterday or or beware you know, of, yeah like, beware of beware of strangers yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should oh, beware of strangers yes exactly well I feel like I feel like when reading a book it's sometimes like that be, being able to have that mass appeal where people can nitpick things that they that they find that they relate to and be right. like this or this nugget of wisdom that <laughs> Harry learned, you know, in, in you know, the Harry Potter series is something that I am going through in my own life when I dealt with this situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that really mm-hmm. helps I mean, 
with with all of it. Yeah. 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 And and then just having fun little quirks, I think, is really right. just puts the icing on the cake. Like yeah. I'll go back to Doctor Who, like the fact that all the doctors, although they're the same person, have just this little different thing about them. Whether if it's a weird scarf or one of them walks sure. around holding a stick of celery, which is weird as hell, <laughs> but, like, very endearing. <laughs> or, or one that, like, loves and obsessed with this type of British cookie. Like, it's it's all very bizarre. Right. Yeah, uh, and and just oh kind of creates it even more real and makes fans go crazy. I definitely like quirks, I'd say. Yeah. Like, my I'm Sure. No, I'm going to I'm gonna hijack this just a bit because go we ahead. haven't really talked about representation yet. Okay. We talked about characters that are relatable. But here's, I mean, Lexi talked about how Harry Potter inspires her, but Harry is not really that much like Lexi. Hey, I don't you know? know about that. <laughs> We're the same person, man. Did you not <laughs> see the scar on top of Lexi's head? Ow, it's burning. Uh, obviously oh, yeah. male to female. <laughs> You're a wizard, Lexi. <laughs> no, actually, she'd be a witch. But anyway. And a thumping good one at that. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> The point being that, you know, we're seeing this happen in movies more. Look at the success of Black Panther. Right. There are a couple of movies that are coming out this summer, early fall, that are focused on Asian culture. Crazy rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I want to go see that. And this idea that, you know, they need to see somebody who's like them in these media. Right. And if you have that, then they will gravitate so quickly to that character. Um, I personally am I, I'm not, like trying to figure out a way to say this that's nice (laughs) (laughs) okay put it this way for the lgbt community for decades they didn't really have a character that they could truly relate to no not at all you're absolutely right and now we're seeing creators who are or even some that aren't putting these characters in and you see now how inspiring those characters become to the people that finally get someone who resembles them absolutely sneak on the page on the screen and so that is currently a big factor in something that's like going to become huge sneak peek um in the third megazoic a character is revealed to be gay so but and not like a way that's like too in your face about it. it's just like yeah this is the way it is and everyone's like cool moving on yeah i think like talking (laughs) about like just like civil issues or social issues or or moving forward as as a as a people in terms of our progress right with our rights like even the fact i'm gonna bring it back to doctor who again but the newest (laughs) doctor who is a woman right like even that is in itself something that that's making fans i mean it's upsetting some people but encouraging others right but it's these these younger women and girls that are like oh my god I love this, and finally, this is amazing. Finally, right. my doctor. Oh, I found! I finally found a favorite doctor. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, oh man, like, in terms of like relatability, in terms of what, in terms of like what these characters are. Well, I guess I'm screwed. I write about dinosaurs. <laughs> that's... <laughs> but that's when it becomes. That's when it becomes. You know, about, about personality. About personality, right? Exactly, yeah. and they've and got certain their... like aspects and certain aspects of characters. Obviously, these characters are original creations. Right. You hope. Well, I, I, I don't. That means I that they so. should be. <laughs> yeah, that, that means that means that they should be different. They won't be a carbon copy of you. They might be re- incredibly similar, mm. but. They won't be exact, but you can see. Oh, I see my kindness in this person. Right. Yeah. Oh, I see totally. my my humor in this person. But my favorite character is somebody else. Right. You know that kind of thing can happen it, only if you have a wide range of characters that represent different things. And if you have that kind of cast, 
then all of these fans have something or someone to get behind, and that will definitely trigger some hysteria, of if course. you will. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're getting onto that point, how do you imitate this success in your own work? Right. Obviously, we have so many people that try and fail. I mean, they might get some success, but it's not this massively popular. Right, like- so what can our listeners do for their stories, their works, that would give them the best shot I think, at getting them. I think, like, you gotta combine what's popular with something new. Like, too much of one or the other makes it fall apart. Uh, if you're just copying particular works to the letter, you're not really creating anything interesting. You're just you're just copying stuff, and it becomes hollow and lifeless, which people can sense. But if it's also, sure. it's it's entirely new, like something that's just so out there, but, like, and not relatable at all, it'll draw people, draw people away, you know? And some cliches... They won't want... They won't find anything to watch or pay attention to because it's so different, right? Now, I don't know if this is, like, meant for mainstream audiences, but there was this one book called Flatland. It was a mathematical fantasy. It was about shapes. Does, Weird. It, does that sound relatable? <laughs> what is this? Uh, <laughs> did you make this up just now? No! It's, this is no. my mind. <laughs> it's Mr. Square, who was in a 2D world. And he went to a 3D world. He <laughs> fell in love with a sphere... <laughs> Oh my god! Also, it's meant for adults. There's like sexual stuff. This in is it. reminding me. Did you read those books as a kid where it was like Mister So and So or Miss So and So, and it had like a cartoon on the yeah. front? Are we talking about the game Guess Who? No, <laughs> no, I don't know. No, That's... no, 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 no. They had different titles in Guess Who. <laughs> Except Alfred was creepy in that game. Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Clue, like Miss Mrs. White, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a book that I may think is hysterical or may really Wait, not enjoy. hold on. <laughs> hold on. Guess who? They only had names. They only had names. Yeah, and guess who? Yeah. <laughs> no, but they didn't have Mr. or Miss anything. It was no, just No, I name. was not talking about Miss Who. We or, or guess, guess, guess yeah, who. Yeah, but we yeah, can, <laughs> I, I hijacked the guess. We could not we could not find out All what right, I was talking sorry. About. Anyway, Trailing I'm I'm following the wrong trail here. Yeah. I need to re-rail now. <laughs> Right, but anyways, so okay, so don't be like Flatland is what I'm saying. Although people are talking about it like 100 <laughs> years from now, so I don't, like still because it came out in the 1800s or 1900s or something. I don't know when. <laughs> but some cliches are needed because they work, but just don't overdo them. So like you need, yeah, you, like some cliche, like I don't know, some cliches are unavoidable if you want like a good. Like, I a think it, I was gonna say it's impossible to write a story without some typical plot happening or story element. It's I mean right. there are too many elements that are well defined. You can't complete a story without using one right and you just gotta the way you use it is good like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like lie or anything like that i i megazoic the basic plot isn't anything special or new it's the way i use no. it the way the new things i do with it mm-hmm. that kind of make it more interesting like the fact that the dinosaurs themselves wield technology as opposed they to they have laser guns discovering yep. more about dinosaurs too, too often yeah stories about dinosaurs with a uh, laser there was actually technology. a star trek episode where they encountered some dinosaurs up in space that escaped and evolved. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was weird. <laughs> so, that was weird. That's what to I basically To say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sure, because you're such a Trekkie. Anyway. <laughs> All right, anyway, so you make good, likable characters and place them in this interesting world, constructed or otherwise. Um, like yep. the world. Um, lastly, make it genuine. That's why I think the big thing. People really love a work if it's clear. Totally. clear the creator also loves it. Like... Like an example of this, I think, is like in the, the the recent trend of trying to make cinematic universes in movies and always failing, except for Marvel. But Marvel loves Marvel, and they they like they try to make that you can tell they love what they're doing, and they get these 
directors and writers that also love Marvel and love like mm. doing this. But like conversely, that Tom Cruise the Mummy was just some oh, executive God. being like, uh, uh, "This is a money opportunity. Don't even get let's me do it." Started on Tom Cruise the Mummy. Brendan Brendan okay, well, Fraser. let's not talk about Tom Cruise franchises at all because Mission Impossible's out right now. But anyway, Brendan Fraser <laughs> Mummy's the only one I need. Brendan Fraser for life, man. Yep, uh, he's actually all right, back so... into acting now. <laughs> Nice. Good to hear. Yeah, exactly. All right, sorry, go on. No. <laughs> you guys have derailed my thought train. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I was I was going to say, no, to not to take away from the distinguished competition, but, um, you know, it's not like, when when do you consider it a failure as opposed to simply a setback? It's not like DC's, like, completely scrapping their No, plan. I know. DC's chugging along. And the Godzilla so, King Kong obviously. <clears throat> Well, that's that's also got some involvement from Japan, where Godzilla is freaking like Godzilla would be at the top of this list oh, if this was a completely Japanese language podcast. But it's not as popular in the states for reasons that I don't quite understand. I, I suppose. Know. Well, and uh, again, we talked about if you get too narrow, you have big hits, but it's not really massively popular. Here's the problem with the Godzilla in particular. Mm. Godzilla was a, designed as an allegory to talk about what could happen if we continue polluting the world or continue Well, also, it was an allegory war. of the nuclear bomb that went off only it, 10 years the nuclear earlier. nuclear war, which you didn't, I just said, and you didn't even bother hearing, thanks. <laughs> well, the, the Skype. Skype did it. Skype. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but because that allegory means so much to the Japanese people, it got, it catches on like wildfire right. here. But in the States, that emotional impact is not nearly as strong. Right. Yeah, it doesn't not mean something, but it's not nearly as impactful. Uh, and so I think that's part I just of the see a giant dinosaur with laser breath and I'm like, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> laser breath? It's got like atomic breath. It's like how do you how does it kiss? It does, but you've it never doesn't. really <laughs> seen Godzilla films at all. So what are you talking about? Anyway, well, I saw the new one. He he. He saw the new one. And there's another anyway. one coming out next year, and I'm gonna want to watch that. <laughs> He's got fight King Kong. Now I'm just Pacific thinking about Rim. how Godzilla kisses. So, because of the atomic breath. Because of the atomic breath with the laser. Just breathe through your nose, <laughs> and then you're good. So it's so it's basically the equivalent of a dinosaur Eskimo kiss, and that's about all. That's about it. Well, also Pu- puberty is really hard on them. <laughs> I mean, in some of the older Godzilla movies, he does have a son, so clearly it's possible. And the female mate, yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Anyways, imitating this success. <laughs> How many times have we on the podcast? stressed writing to tell your story right we talk about these things where you know if you're writing it's because you want to do it not to please the people who are reading it i mean hopefully they enjoy it but in the end it's something you do because it's a labor of love for you right and this means dedication to making a layered world that people will enjoy peeling away the layers as they dive further in. Right. That means pouring your soul into the work. Mm-hmm. The characters that you create grow within you and around you, and they reward you for all that passionate time you put in. Right. We talked about who's in your corner to start, you know, as, a, as your fans. For more on that, please listen to episode six of The Ritwit, which was feedback, or episode three, which was continuing stories. <laughs> Obviously, you need some good PR to start the cultural wildfire. Right. But if it's not a work you're proud of, you won't find an audience and drum up such massive passion for it. Right. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you, rather than dressing up someone else's characters, 
create your own from the inside out. Of course. And if you happen to hit some familiar story beats Mm -hmm. or maybe teach lessons through your characters that are somewhat old hat, you'll find an audience astonished by the power of your creativity, the passion that you put in. Remember, the next great story of the world stays in your head unless you let it out for the rest of the world to see. Sounds like one of those fortune cookies that Lexi was talking about. Yeah, except for a lot better (laughs) than the ones I'm talking about. Right, yeah. More delicious. <laughs> <laughs> More delicious. Well, fortune cookies are quite good. Yeah, like sometimes I eat the fortune cookies without even bothering to read the fortune. You eat the fortune? Well, I mean, just... I was about to no, say you eat the fortune. <laughs> no, I give that to someone else, and then I... And then I just, like, mm, I don't... Fiber. <laughs> you, know, I was, you know, I was wondering one time... I think I heard somebody ask the question, "How do you eat the fo- How do you eat a fortune cookie?" I'm like, "There's only one way, right? You have to pull the paper out first. <laughs> you crack it open, and then yeah. and then you eat it. One yeah. part, yeah, two part. You're done. <laughs> however, not, however, not have you guys? Okay, fun, fun, random story. Yes. I went to San Francisco one time and visited this fortune cookie factory there. Ooh. And my favorite invention from that was the the they show this assembly line where they make them and they're actually like metal dowels and stuff where they bend the fortune cookies and add the paper and all that oh, stuff. Wow. It's nice. really, it's really fantastic. Fascinating. But here's the fun part. Fortune cookie flats. You get all the taste without having to mess with the paper. <laughs> they, even had, they even had chocolate. I, I want that. Can, can I... They even had chocolate. It was amazing. I'm planning a trip anyway, to San Francisco right now. Yeah, less work. You just pop it in your mouth. Just print the fortune right on that. Ed- edible words. <laughs> or, or, you know, just make your own fortunes in your head. They're probably you better go. than whatever you got. Exactly. You don't need the paper gum. You don't need the paper gimmicks. Anyways, Come I'm on. sorry. Sorry, Lexi. Sorry, what do you, what do you Lexi. Think what we can do how do you know, that's okay. Success. I'm just going to keep it short and sweet because I don't have uh, as much writing experience as the both of you. Um, uh, need to get back into it, but uh, I, I think both of you made really strong points just about making it genuine. You know what you said, Donald, about making it genuine, right? And I think, yep. yeah, just making some. There's so many stories out there that it's okay to pull, you know, parts of different things, but keeping it original and and not trying to be something, mm-hmm. you know, because that's my thing. If I do dive in and try and write, and then I find myself going on a tangent, and then finding myself a little too similar to something that currently exists, right? Right. Um, which I don't know if other people struggle with, but. I mean, uh, published authors struggle with yeah them. you know well and there are and there are plenty of readers who like seeing familiar yes yes but at the same time those are probably not the people who are so passionate about right. their fandoms either right exactly. yes i would agree and, and just so immersed in that world but yeah I, I was just saying earlier if i knew the secret of how to make something I could write successful. I would not be working where I'm working. <laughs> and I would be writing stories left and right. Oh, so, that sounds fun. Uh, it's a mystery to me, but I think those are some good insights that you guys have. Well, thanks. Yeah. We have a little bit we of appreciate. I mean, we don't have anything that's super successful. Well, you ha- we you are better than the listeners. Wor- works of art. I don't see anything, anyone dressing up as the characters. I mean, I don't not know how to do it as a dinosaur. give it some time. Those dinosaur costumes well, are pretty I mean, popular on Facebook. I was whatever. about to say, dinosaur <laughs> costumes aren't that, that prominent. Just give right one of them a gun also. and we're good. But yeah, give the Cortan for Halloween. I got it. You should do it yourself, Donald. I was going to say, I actually have my Halloween costume already planned because it's really simple. It's just a long coat that I pull open and there's a flash shirt underneath. I'm the Flash. The Flash. (laughs) (laughs) Double on, not double on, double 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 Oh my god. Just like when you were the serial killer. Yes, that's right. I remember the serial killer. With the knife in the box of the cereal. I was like, ugh, I had blood on me. Thank you for explaining that to the listeners, Lexi. We appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that's... so. a lot of good is there any? Is there anything else you wanted to add? Oh, um, 
Not me. In particular, I'm seeing well, I think I'm seeing something here you mentioned about escapism, though, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to throw that in or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I didn't want to repeat myself too much. But, know. yeah, yeah, I think um, escapism is huge for success because people are, I think most people re- re- reading, especially fantasy and science fiction, are looking for that world that is different from their own. Especially Just, when, well, like... It's no coincidence that a lot of fantasy movies came out after 9-11, I don't think. I don't think it's a coincidence. Interesting. Yeah, that, like, that, I would have to look into that, but that may be true. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings came out right afterwards, but I can't really control that, well, because well, that was especially just it, That was simply development. In the world time, yeah. we live in today, yeah. in with what's happening in our world, escapism is necessary oh, for yeah. everyone. Like, to get away from our realities at some point. Yeah, so, if you guys want some escapism, buy Megazork at Amazon.com. They, Go. Ding! 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 <laughs> Seamlessly. Oh, thank you. Bob. You couldn't even tell. <laughs> hey, if you're looking for further escapism, buy the Primeval Power, also available on Amazon.com. Ding! Ding! <laughs> oh, thank you so much for the free advertisement. <laughs> All right, well, I think we did good here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fascinating. But hey, you know what? We don't know literally everything because what, what? people's preferences are. I, I know are. everything. What yeah, I thought about? I knew everything. You're the you, outlier. You don't here, know David. everything. <laughs> people's preferences are all kinds of. You're different. wearing a, so maybe a you have dark a question that we could answer. A, a question. And so maybe <laughs> you saw that earlier. That's hardly knowing everything. <laughs> anyway, I did see it earlier through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Never oh. mind. You, you can try to deny it all you want, David. If but, you would mm-hmm. like to get a hold of us, how can they do that? Well, for one, Britwit is on iTunes, so give us a like and a review there. Hold on. We have I'm lo- hearing cop cars. What in the world? No, they're coming. <laughs> they hide the loot. <laughs> they're coming oh, for you. Lexi, run! I think I think David sicked him on on me after I said I didn't. I've never seen Power Rangers. They're coming for me. It would take him a hell of a lot longer than that to get to America. <laughs> well, I'm assuming you called an, Ameri- you, an American yeah, police American force. American police Power Rangers force. Yeah. Sure. When exactly did I get off of this podcast to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, nine one one"? I mean, you get you got really upset at Lexi there. So I. Just, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, All right. Wait, is this is iTunes? nothing. You sent a freaking missile near me, didn't you? You will not let that go. <laughs> I will not let that go. <laughs> Rate and subscribe. That's what people on podcasts say. We, well, okay. that's as Lexi, Lexi goes to Haps too because you can so. actually subscribe. Yep, yep, yep. Subscribe to the Ritwit. Yeah, you there. want to subscribe? Throw that subscribe in there. Yep. Come on, man. Yes, come on, just throw that subscribe right here. You know yeah. you want to. Yeah. Share, share it with all your friends, um, please. If you have questions for us, if you want to send us an email, the email address has not changed. So if you really want us to spell it out for you, check the description. Matt D at MattDeonCareer.com. <laughs> Get it together. No. <laughs> and we actually uh, please, have some um, please questions. Specify which host you're, please specify which host you're actually oh, yes. talking to because, you know, all of the Matt D is in common stuff. <laughs> Obviously, go to his website and do that, or your own email will also suffice. Yep. Sorry, you said we had we had listener feedback? Yes, we have the first <laughs> listener feedback. Like, you guys, listeners can send in their questions, and we'll happily answer them here at the end of the show. Um, if you'd like us to share them, we will definitely read them aloud as well. Oh, so we got another siren. Let us know. We're, we really pissed someone off. Yeah. Uh, this time it's for you, Donald. 
Anyway, <laughs> hold on. I actually can't hear it. I actually can't, can't hear, hear it. it. Okay, well it's fine. If no. they can hear it, actually, it's kind of... <laughs> we're listening for. Okay, this is from Ray, who's hopefully not in that uh, fire truck or whatever out there. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> Jeez, okay. morbid. Hope you're listening, Ray. Thanks for your support. Okay. All right, so his he asks us where do we get our ideas for our podcast episodes. He he really likes the show and he wants to know where we get that kind of stuff. So, well, thank you, Ray. Um, Appreciate the email, Ray. Uh, the answer to that is we've been. I have we've been no really idea. Lucky. They just pop in there. <laughs> <laughs> we've been really lucky so far. We keep coming up with random stuff, and hopefully, it sticks. We do um, have a kind of no. a thing where, like, okay, this one we talked about characters. This one we kind of talked about the process. This one we kind of talked about the the plot type of story or whatever. This one. A little behind-the-scenes look. We do have a list of future episode ideas that we freely add to. Um, Sometimes uh, we talk about things and just, you know, spitball and start growing from there. Like, for example, I threw out this title to Donald yesterday, Get Your Greek On! Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was fun. (laughs) We might do that. I was in Greek life. That reminds me of Greek life. Is it a party? Is it a party? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be pretty good. Okay, so so here's so here's one that here's one that I literally I literally came up with uh, before we started recording, and I haven't shared this with Donald or anybody yet. I just thought of one, and I'm curious to see what Donald thinks about this. But I'm just going to throw out the title. Why so tense? Why so tense? Are you talking about like past tense, present tense? Yeah. Is that really like a whole hour and a half episode for that though? I don't know, but the title was great. Well, if it so, comes, yeah, but, but this is time traveling stuff. <gasps> we could. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh, let's a... <laughs> not let's not open the can of worms too soon. Here we have to but do hey, more talking about if, it. But this is basically they, our process. If these um, if these uh, we make these episodes, we should pull the foghorn for it, don't you think, David? Yes, absolutely. Let's pull the foghorn. Do the sound effect that we you edit put in, in the foghorn. Yeah, okay. for a future episode. Like, you're just going to do this with your arm? No, no, no. Well, I do that sometimes with my arm just for fun. No, I did on this side. I pulled it, but anyway, sorry. All right, so yeah, well, future stuff coming out. Anyway, yeah. Oh, also, also, please, Ray, if you have any ideas for us, if you want to share something that we might have more experience on please let us know yeah, we'd exactly. love to We're make an episode out of it yeah, an episode something we want to talk about yeah send us send us an email at matthewdonaldcreator.com so well matt uh, d at matthewdonaldcreator.com yes of course um also sorry you said you had another question we do uh ann asks us um how do we stay focused during our writing sessions well let me tell you it's difficult when i work at <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> always well. I guess it depends. On I'm, your sorry, environment. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. It's difficult when I work at my um, <laughs> famous coffee shop, artisan hipster coffee. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, oh my god, uh, the finest roasted beans this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> oh yeah, you should work for our advertising agency, Lexi. <laughs> we could use we could use someone like you. <laughs> See, I don't know what focus is. We're losing focus all the time here. What is focus? That's fine. It, I mean, it took us so long to get going with the podcast in the first place. So many technical so it's, difficulties. It's okay. I'm amazed it worked <laughs> it's out. It's okay. Well, hey, I'm just glad we're able to do it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, staying focused, uh, I think for different writers, it's a little different process. But I think the biggest thing to take away is minimize your distractions. Yeah. Uh, 
if you're sitting in a place where you have the internet and the vast amount of resources at your disposal, you're probably not really focused on writing so much. Well, like if you have a computer yeah. where you play video games all the time and you try and write on that, yeah, you're I can't more do that. likely to give up after a while. Like I have a, and go to the game. Right, I have a hardcore know? gaming Smart. rig over here, and like I cannot write on that computer. The hardcore gaming rig I have, so I, I actually have this laptop. That is not very that it's not really good, but it, it can write and go on the internet, and I use that mainly to like look up stuff and such. So that's it. So I take this little laptop and I go over to the famous coffee place that I work at, and I sit down and I write, and I do and like always get there like an hour and a half before I'm supposed to clock in. That's how I can get my writing done. So for me, I tend to unplug. Like if because I have I have my own router. Right. I live in I live by myself in an apartment, and so it's the only way I can connect to the internet. So what I end up doing is. If I take the laptop somewhere else mm-hmm. where I can't plug in my router or connect to the internet, I'm more likely to get writing done. Or even if I'm at home and I have the motivation to do it, I will unplug the router because that way I'm not tempted to go on the internet unless I need to look something up. And I can just do that with data on my phone and save myself the trouble of you know getting distracted. Of course. But that's the thing, though. If you let distractions enter, the quality will suffer. The amount of time you spend writing will go down. Mm-hmm. Also, I have to point this out. Obviously, I'm trained as a musician, and that's a big part of my life. Uh, yeah. So course. I spend a, I make a lot of time to, you know, practice right. compared to writing. So you have to make time for it. Mm-hmm. But but what I mean by make time is not simply sit down and hope inspiration comes to you at the drop of a hat. Right. It's have a plan, it's put everything else away so you can focus on what story you're trying to tell. Obviously, some things will enter. Remember your meds if you take meds. <laughs> that help you focus. Uh, I don't, I, that reminds me, I probably should take some right now, shouldn't I? I'm going to wee bits. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Anne, yes. for the questions. Yes. If you have any more Please send them our way. Yes, please do. Uh, we'll be happy to share those with you. Okay. But as far as following us host-wise on social media sites, right. obviously Donald over there has got his official Facebook stuff Matt, and all that. MatthewDonaldCreator.com. I also got an Instagram at MatthewDonald64. And Lexi, you have an Instagram, right? I do have an Instagram. It's LexiTate44. Lexi without an E. L-E-X-I. Nice. So I also um, have a Twitter. Well, what about Tate in case somebody wants to spell that wrong? Oh, it's Tate. <laughs> T A T E. No, I thought it was Taint. All right, it was Taint. <laughs> it was Taint, wasn't it, it? My middle name is not Taint, sir. It, it, I thought it was Taint. <laughs> it is. Oh, that will tate. never die. Uh, totally. Okay. <laughs> Tater tot without the R. Okay. So, uh, are there any numbers attached to your Instagram? Uh, right. So, I have, my Instagram is at MatthewDonald64, as is my Twitter at MatthewDonald64. Why 64? Uh, yeah, why 64? I don't know. Actually, no, I do know. <laughs> 64 copies of the magazine where I was first published. Actually, I think it was like a bird magazine. I was writing a message about one of my birds. Yes. 64 of them were first published. Yeah, I believe so. And, well, well, 64 of them I was, were gifted to my family members, and we burned 63 of them because my family needed to do a fire, and they didn't really care about me. They <laughs> <laughs> burned your precious books? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, not books. Were, they're magazines. Well, I mean, they, Bibles were burned. Maybe it just means the books are really important. <laughs> sure, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly why they did it. Yeah. It was a magazine. It wasn't even a book. Yeah, it's true. It's not even that great. <laughs> it wasn't even my magazine. It was just a letter in the mailbag of that magazine. Anyways, there were 64 of them, and that's just stuck in my head. But, but you, you got to keep one, though, yeah? 
I don't know. It's probably they burned sixty three. Well, so you got one later. Exactly. It's the keepsake. Well, you're implying that I've kept it since then. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can do math. <laughs> oh, good. Job. I can't do math. What's math? You're, I'm an English. You should read Flatland, Lexi. <laughs> you can do math. I can do math. <laughs> Whoa! You are a wizard, Lexi. I know. <laughs> a thumping good one at that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, thank you, Hagrid. Anyway, right. obviously, hysterical-inducing properties are popular and fun, <laughs> and hopefully you learned a little bit more about them well, and try and recreate them in your own of work, course. writers. Thank you very much, Lexi, for coming in. Thank and... you guys so much for having me. It was so much fun to do this. Oh, yep. I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed. I'm sure we, we, we sure had a fun time, too. So <laughs> thank you for joining yeah. us. All right, well... Until next time, then, when we'll come up with something something about probably Greek not quite so whatever popular whatever was you said suffixes lysotense tense lysotense yeah. something about intense greek culture or something. wait what no no, 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 no that doesn't work intense. that doesn't work you can't about combine greek, those about greek tense greek culture or greek just, tense greek te- you know like the little flaps that they put on their tents when greeks go yeah, camping like greek, right? greek camping yeah okay uh, when you, see you guys greek listeners to the next episode about greek camping greek glamping glamping all right, thanks for tuning into our usual drivel, listeners. Right. Uh, <laughs> until next time, I'm Matt I'm Matt David, and thank you, Lexi, for joining us as well. Yeah, thanks, we'll guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep writing. Yep, yep. us two twits have talked about writing, and we're done. <laughs> for, for now. <laughs> the Red